Welcome to the About Seth podcast, where we're talking all things Seth Godin. Today, I'm continuing my breakdown and summary of Seth Godin's book, Poke the Box. If you'd like to grab a copy of the book to read for yourself, I'd strongly suggest that you do because it's a ripper. Head to aboutseth.com slash books. Or if you'd like a free resource, which is called the Poke the Box Workbook. It's a 15 to 20 page little summary with excerpts and quotes from the book that gives you a lot of questions and answers to, to really challenge you to get started. Head to aboutseth.com slash free and you'll find the Poke the Box Workbook that you can download for free. So following on from parts one and two, which you don't have to listen to, but I'd suggest you listen to before this, Poke the Box, it's a, it's a little book about starting, about trying new things, about doing things differently, and about ultimately taking initiative. And Seth says, life is like a buzzer box. Poke it and find out what happens. So just to remind you, the book is written in short, little 200, 300 word blog posts almost. So I'll hit you with the title of my favorite blog posts and then give you, I guess, the summarized takeaways from that blog post. The first rule of doing work that matters is going to work on a regular basis. Art is hard. Selling is hard. Making a difference is hard. And when you're doing hard work, getting rejected, you're failing and you're still working it out. This is a dumb time to make a decision about whether it's time to take a nap or a coffee break or a day off. As Zig Ziglar taught Seth, make your schedule before you start. Don't let setbacks or blocks or anxiety push you off your task, or your lizard brain will look for the easy way out every single time. In short, show up regularly. Your ego and your project. Ego is sometimes seen as a dirty word, but when our name is on a project, our ego pushes us to get started and drives us to do better work. That's not a bad thing. Our ego drives us to make a difference, to push the envelope, and to seek acceptance. Let your ego push you to become an initiator. The best way to get something completed and shipped is to keep your ego in check, though, and let others take the credit. The win for your ego doesn't come from you getting all the credit for being the one who did everything. The win comes from getting your work shipped. Redefining quality. Good enough used to be the definition of quality. Then, with improvements in technology and, and process, the market defined quality as without defects. We expect things to work all the time, but because this kind of quality is so prevalent, your competition is now defect-free too. Quality is no longer interesting. We demand it, but we don't seek it out. Because if you have quality and they have quality... You're just selling a commodity, and I'll be taking the cheaper one. We have little choice but to move beyond quality and seek remarkable, connected, and new. And that requires initiative. Brainwashed by the pit boss. Factories need compliant workers to stand on the production line and perform their assigned task. Casinos need employees that will do exactly as they're told. NASA requires astronauts who don't question orders on a routine mission. Factory owners once had a choice. 
They could choose to trust their workers to use their best judgment to figure things out and to make things better. Or they could work to eliminate individual initiative and instead trade the upside of improvement for the certainty of compliance. We're now seeing the consequences of this choice. Factories are finding themselves stuck, unable to innovate, unable to improve. You can't grow by becoming even more predictable and more ordinary. You might have a dependable and predictable and cheap product, but if the market wants something better, you'll be stuck trying to play catch up. Why is this mediocre? We love to point out when things are completely broken. We get angry when organizations are obviously doing a poor job, but we almost never look at a merely mediocre product and wonder why it isn't great. Mediocre things do what they're supposed to do, but the bar is set so low it's hardly worth the energy to cross the street to buy them. It seems as though we're willing to accept mediocre as long as the product or service or organization isn't totally broken. There's never a problem getting a posse together to fix the broken. The upside for you, and the challenge as well, is to find the energy and the will to challenge mediocre. When in doubt, look for the fear. That's almost always the source of your doubt. The next subheading is pick me, pick me. We've been brainwashed for generations. The system has created an expensive misunderstanding. We think that we have to wait to be chosen. Authors think that they have to be picked by an agent and then by a publisher and then picked by bookstores so that they can be picked by customers. Entrepreneurs are waiting to be picked by venture capitalists to receive funding. They think they need to be selected in order to have their idea validated before they can actually get started on building something. Employees wait to be picked for a promotion before they increase their output or they wait to be picked at a meeting before they speak up. Pick Me, Pick Me acknowledges the power of the system and passes responsibility to someone else to initiate. Even better, Pick Me moves the blame from you to them. We think that if we don't get picked, it's their fault, not ours. Reject the tyranny of being picked and pick yourself. The seasons pass. For the price of about six or seven days worth, you can buy a ski pass for the full year. The clever buyers realize that it's easier and cheaper to make that decision once rather than making the choice again and again every day of the ski season. Initiation is also like that. Instead of initiating on an ad hoc basis, worrying each time, getting permission each time, selling each time, why not buy a season's pass? Why not sell your boss or your colleagues on you being the initiator? That can be your job. You're the one that starts things. Ask once, do many. Of course, the challenge of being the initiator is that you'll be wrong. You'll pick the wrong thing, you'll waste time, you'll be blamed. This is why the initiator is valuable. Most people shy away from the challenge. They've been too abused, they're too fearful, they hold back, they're happy to let someone else take the heat. Initiative is scarce, hence valuable. Sometimes what you start doesn't work. The fact that it doesn't work every time should give you confidence because that means you're doing something that frightens others. Two quotes from the 
section, the lizard misunderstands the economics of poking. When the cost of poking the box is less than the cost of doing nothing, you should poke. The cost of an innovation is far less than the cost of being boring. And the last section for this part is polish this. Seth gives us the idea that there are diminishing returns to polishing. He was having a meal with one of his friends and his friend's mobile was going off every couple of minutes. He had this chime alert to alert him every time that someone he followed posted a tweet. He would then go in, have a quick read, make a quick reply, hoping that polishing this relationship and getting in early would show that he's a valuable follower. He was hoping to become part of their network and integrating himself into their lives and hopefully one day their businesses. The challenge is that that is asymptotic. There's diminishing returns to polishing, meaning twice as much polishing isn't twice as good. And Seth says, I wonder what would happen if instead of rushing to Twitter, my friend used that chime to do something original or provocative or important. What if the chime was his reminder not to polish, but to create? I hope you're enjoying my breakdown and summary of the best bits of Poke the Box by Seth Godin. Uh, I love the book. I think it's very important. We all need to start and initiate more. And as he said in the, the Pick Me section, don't wait for someone else. It's up to you to pick yourself and to do it. There's three more parts. We're halfway there. If you would like to grab your own copy of Poke the Box and have a read, the things that I'm picking out as my favorites aren't necessarily your favorites. Some of the things I didn't like, you might love. So I'd strongly urge you to, to grab the book at aboutseth.com slash books. Or if you want to test the waters a little bit more before you commit to buying the book, there's a free resource that Seth, Seth and his team have created called the Poke the Box Workbook which is a little summary, including excerpts and quotes from the book, as well as some questions and some actions to provoke you and challenge you. So you can grab that free resource at aboutseth.com slash free. I'll see you for part four. Thank you for listening to the About Seth podcast. I hope you learned something along the way. I strongly urge you to check out more Seth Godin. You could either buy one of his books, check out one of his TED Talks, or subscribe to his daily blog. Or go to aboutseth.com. Hold up. 